Hey everybody, producer Ryan here. Cameron's out of town this week, uh, unless you live in Madison, Wisconsin, in which case she's in town. Go check her out all weekend at the Comedy Club on State, and Doug Loves Movies is also on Sunday at the same venue. Uh, go check out those shows, and enjoy this nice, clean, uncut episode. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. There's the last one. Gotta get that last one in there. How are you guys doing? Awesome. I love that little wee woo. That was a good one. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for that wee woo. Give it up for this gal and her wee woo. I don't think it's copyrighted just yet, so you guys should take that into your lives and use it. It's your day jobs or just in your car. Wee woo! See, I feel better already. Awesome. I'm Rio Butcher. I'm your host. You can clap it up for that. I'm hosting in the stead of Cameron Esposito, who is out on the road changing lives and opening hearts. So... Uh, I've got the full denim on today, just cosplaying Boy Blue from Rainbow Bright, which I've been doing most of my life. Of course that was my favorite. An ensemble cast of all women. Yeah, I want to be the dude. Yeah, Mom, going to be the dude again. Every Halloween, she was like, oh, God, are you playing Clark Kent again this year? No, Mom, just being a man. It's always my favorite holiday. It's the only time it's socially acceptable to just be a man. It was great. I got my hair cut the other day, just walked in and said, give me the man. It's like to cut out the middle man on that one. It is easier to get my hair cut in Los Angeles. I have a, a great guy that cuts my hair. He's super awesome. Obviously, look at this hair. He fucking knows what he's doing. I've been through some shit. I've been through some shit with some haircuts. One time when I was a child, I went and got my hair cut by a gentleman named Jez. <laughs> I didn't understand what that implied at the time. Now looking back on it, good job, sir. He had the name Jez in the middle of Ohio in the 90s. That guy is a hero. <laughs> I used to have a Jodie Foster haircut when I was a kid, of course. And he decided at the last minute to cut a mistake into my hair for artistic merit. Uh, the other girls at my all-girl Catholic elementary school did not understand this art. I just looked like I made a mistake. They didn't get it. Lots of other haircuts that go in. Look, I just, are you good at cutting women's hair short? Can you do that? Get real scared about it, asking these ladies. They'd be like, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I end up with like, a golf haircut? It's like the only way I can describe. Just an LPGA on the top of my head. And they would always ask me as I'm leaving, do you want me to leave a little wispies? No. Do I look like I ever want wispies in my life? Just only up here. Just only in the front. Not on the sides, no thank you. I'm not in the band Aqua. I really don't want that. For you guys that, uh, that don't know me, a little bit about myself. I am a Leo and an only child. So that means next month is a holy month. 
And also, I win every Throwback Thursday. Just always, just unlimited photographs of myself. This is the first time she drank water. Thanks, mom. She sent my mom sent me. She had a, a Christmas video digitized recently. She put it on DVD. Uh, it was Christmas 1984. So I was two years old. I had like long blonde hair and little like pink corduroys, if you can believe it. And my whole family was there. And the whole video is just me opening stuff. <laughs> it was pretty rad. <laughs> I was also two, so I didn't understand what the hell was going on at all. Just dancing around, throwing things, not understanding what's going on. At one point, I got a train uh, for Christmas. And then I also got a, uh, a fuel pump, <laughs> which explains this outfit, I think. <laughs> Just like, Don, we now are gay apparel <laughs> immediately. And I got a football later on, and like I said, it's just the camera's just fixed on me because it's also like a really old video camera, so it had to be plugged into the TV to record it, which was a console television. Oh, those were the days, were they not? When your television was furniture? The entire television was a piece of furniture that you could not move at all. They brought it in with like a, a crane. And then the screen was this big. It was so much fun. But yes, yeah, so you couldn't see anybody else but me. It's just me and my mom handing me presents. And I get this football. And my grandma from off screen goes, Oh, who gets a little girl a football? <laughs> Nature versus nurture, man. I don't know. <laughs> um, I have a couple favorite hobbies that I thought I would share with you guys. Just get to know each other a little bit. Uh, one of my favorite ho hobbies is giving like a, a considerate wave <laughs> to another driver. I take a lot of pride in being good at that. You know, one of these. Sometimes you, you let it linger for a second. <laughs> Put the head down with the eyes closed a little bit. You're not moving in your car, so it's okay. You're letting them go. They throw an arm up you. Just a tiny one. I also love leaving the hand up for a ridiculously long amount of time. Good job, buddy. Those are my favorites. Love doing that. Did one of those today. Didn't know who the person was. They recognized me, did not recognize them at all. And I think it was just because he was in a car. Just saw each other. You're in a car, sir. We understood. We knew what was going on. Let's see, one of my other favorite uh, hobbies is uh, wreaking gender havoc in women's public restrooms. It really confuses the shit out of people when I go in there. I went to Pasadena, I went to the Arclight in Pasadena, and I forgot what it was like to be in other places. I was immediately sent back. Because <laughs> honestly, when I, in Los Angeles, like when I go to places, it's sometimes, you know, if I'm shopping, I get it. You're just, it's a quick glance, and you're just seeing a haircut and jeans. So you're like, sir, I get it. And then some people will be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or, oh, ma'am, you know, and that, hey, we all make mistakes. Doesn't bother me. But then sometimes when I go to other parts of the country, I get, sir, <laughs> you're not a sir. And they just let that linger, which <laughs> I 
basically the only way to get out of that one. But sometimes I get sir in Los Angeles and it's somebody being kind and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your openness. Los Angeles is a very open city. This happened at Ikea. Someone was like, have a great day, sir. Thank you. I've been waiting for that tone my entire life. Thank you, Ikea and Burbank. I didn't expect it from you. But here we are. I feel better about myself. I'm going to take my poing back to my apartment. feel okay about these pants not fitting ever for my entire life that's the hardest part of being a lesbian is pants don't fit just want to let you guys know that that and we can't do like you guys like straight women straight guys can like fake kiss each other you can do like fake gay kisses do you guys realize that gay people don't have that at all because if we try to fake kiss one of you like do the opposite of what we're into you guys would just be into it Think about that. It's also part of the struggle. We can't joke kiss anybody. It doesn't work. So my last hobby is one that's been around for a long time, basically since I was a kid. Uh, being mistaken for a Target employee anytime I'm in or around a Target. Not even wearing red. I, I went into a Target today. I was shopping, getting some weird, disparate things. Again, Pasadena, my favorite town. <laughs> and I had this passing thought. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get out of here without thinking I'm on the clock. Because I was almost done, and nobody had said anything. And I was looking for canned air at the, at the time. And I thought, wow, I'm going to get out of this one. Nobody's going to think I work here. And then immediately, as soon as I found my canned air, turned around, this old woman looked at me perplexed, said, do you work here? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. She was like, you really look like you work here. And I said, I get that all the time. I mean, truth be said, I was, truth be told, I was holding canned air, like contractor-grade trash bags, and motor oil. So I was just like a complete walking contradiction as a woman with my purchases. But also, just generally. <laughs> that one didn't work, so I'll just do the, do the wave out of it. We're going to get the store, the store started. We're going to get the show started. That's what I was talking about. But I just wanted to share with you guys a, a quick little story about the dollar store, because I heard that they're moving into selling more food items, like packaged meats and stuff. Now, I don't want to bring too much shame on the dollar store, because some people, that's the only place that they can shop, unfortunately. And we need to change that in this country, because I once knew a guy, and that was the only place he could afford to shop. His job, he was out of the Navy. His job was taking care of lawns, Otherwise, mowing lawns. That's what he did every day. So he's a lawnmower man. That's a movie. Anyway, so he mowed lawns. One day, he ran over his own foot with the lawnmower. 
and it did not heal for an entire month. A month. His foot didn't heal. So he went to the doctor, and the doctor's like, what have you been eating? And he said, dollar store pasta. Every day. He was eating buttered noodles from the dollar store. Dollar store pasta is not enriched, which means there is nothing in it. (laughs) And he gave himself scurvy. (laughs) The dollar store is the Jolly Roger. (laughs) So be careful on those dollar store C's. They're wild. You might get scurvy. Make sure you eat some oranges. (laughs) Keep up with that citrus. All right, the dollar store thing didn't go too well. (laughs) Started out strong. Talking about myself personally. Things that were going on with my look. Then I got into the personal new stuff. Didn't work. Are you guys okay? I'm going to win you back. I just don't have any one-liners. Yep, no one-liners. I don't have any. None that are coming to me, which would be a good time for them to come to me right now as I'm telling jokes. The thing you always want to come to you is a joke when you're telling jokes. And the only thing that's coming to me is like, oh, that East Los High is on Hulu now. Should maybe watch that, see what's going on with it. It's in the second season. You didn't even know about it in the first season, so. You watch that Hot Wives of Orlando. That seems like people are picking up steam on that one, probably. See again, no jokes. But you guys are laughing, so I'm going to take that as a win. Do you guys want to get this show started? All right. Sounds good. We have an awesome show tonight. His first comic. He's amazing on Twitter. Uh, we love him. It's his first time on the show, so we're going to give him a huge, huge welcome. Right, guys? Okay, awesome. You guys give it up for John Ozilei. All right. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. I'd like to talk to you guys all about a very important event that happened last month, the World Cup. I love the World Cup. I'm sad that it's over. I love the World Cup because it combines two of my favorite things, uh, which is sports heckling and geopolitics. (laughs) Because every country's involved, so you can really tailor a a heckle to a country's dark past. (laughs) So... (laughs) For instance, uh, Bosnia was in the Cup this year. They lost in the group stage. Very embarrassing. They played very poorly. Uh, so I was just yelling at the screen, Hey, Bosnia, if that's how you shoot, no wonder you couldn't ethnically cleanse the Balkans. <laughs> they got served. <laughs> Ethnic cleansing might be too rough up top. I get it. Would it be better if I say, no wonder you couldn't gentrify the Balkans. (laughs) It's my favorite euphemism for ethnic cleansing. (laughs) You know what you're doing. How dare you. (laughs) Now, there was this uh, campaign at the World Cup this year to try to stop racism. It's called Say No to Racism. Hashtag. (laughs) Say No to Racism. Uh, Which is a very noble 
cause, uh, but trying to stop racism at the World Cup is like trying to stop alcoholism at Oktoberfest. <laughs> it's primarily for those people. Uh, it's, it's been a big year for sports and racism. Of course, uh, Donald Sterling lost the Clippers. Uh, you know, if we go racist tirade, everyone, everyone uses the same excuse for why old people are sometimes racist is that they're from a different time. <laughs> like, oh, go on, tell me about the time when it was reasonable to be racist. <laughs> that was a rational fear of minorities. What's that, Grandpa? You couldn't go outside at night when they would feed? <laughs> The NFL tried to ban the use of the N-word on the field this offseason, tried to make it a 15-yard personal foul. They voted it down. It's not a penalty, which is interesting because you know where you do get in trouble for saying the N-word is everywhere else. <laughs> the NFL might be the last employer that's like, we have no recourse. <laughs> Like, there's no HR department at Chase Bank like, you know, I wish we could get Bruce to stop saying the N-word. <laughs> but uh, I'm afraid it's just another case of haters gonna hate. <laughs> I, uh, I am very white. I do not say the N-word. I, uh, I didn't know how white I was until I used the word draconian. <laughs> in a Yelp review. It's about as white as you can get. But you know what? Budget Rent-A-Car knows what they did. And now the Indianapolis area will be aware of their nefarious deeds. Uh, well, more about myself. I am a younger brother, which means I grew up watching a lot of video games. Watching video games sucks. It's like seeing a movie with all the outtakes left in. It's like, all right, Mario fights Bowser. Take 47. This princess better have huge boobs. My uh, brother got married last summer. It was a very romantic way that he proposed to his wife. He took her to the Grand Canyon, got down on one knee, gave her my grandmother's ring. I did not realize there was going to be a run on family heirlooms. <laughs> He's got the best one by far now. There's going to be nothing left when I propose to someone. I was like, will you make me the happiest man alive and accept this lamp? Kerosene. It's broken. It is July now. We're full swing into sexual harassment season. Uh, if, ladies, if you didn't want to get yelled at, why would you wear such weather-appropriate clothing? That's what we're saying. Asking for it. In my, in my experience, it's not just that men catcall women. It's how they do it. For instance, there's a scientific concept called the Doppler effect. It's used in a lot of equipment like radar. Basically, it's why something sounds differently coming towards you versus going away from you. Like why a car, a fast car sounds like, 
Tone shift. What's interesting is you can observe that same effect in a man catcalling a woman. Because it always starts out really nice, right? Then as you walk by, they raise the stakes. So I was like, hey, pretty lady, got a nice size. I want to take you on a date so I can lick your butt, you dirty bitch. Ah! <laughs> Tone shift. <laughs> I honestly don't know why men cow call women anymore anyway, though. I mean, it's never been easier to hook up in general, right, with all the technology. Like, we're very spoiled as a generation with all the apps and the websites, the books telling men how to be pickup artists. Our grandfathers didn't have to read the game to know to treat women like shit. I mean, they just did. They did it because it felt right. How society gave them the thumbs up. I'm dating someone currently. Uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, it's been a couple months. Too early to say I love you to one another. Uh, but the other night in bed, she looked over at me and said, I adore you. Which is a warning shot. <laughs> she's letting me know that any day now she's going to say I love you. And I better be ready to say it back. I wanted to say something nice to reciprocate as well in the moment, but like I couldn't say, I adore you too. <laughs> so that sounds incredibly lame. Uh, so I was scrolling through synonyms in my head. And what I wanted to say was something along the lines of, I'm captivated by you. But what I ended up saying was, I'm entrapped by you. <laughs> So she was essentially saying, I'm falling in love with you. And I responded with, are you a cop? You have to tell me if you are. This is not a relationship if you're a cop. All right, that's all for me, guys. My name is John Zale. I'm out of here. John Zale, you guys. I have uh, recently accidentally catcalled some men. <laughs> Which has felt personally pretty amazing. I didn't know it was going to happen. And then I realized what happened and I thought Susan B. would be proud. She'd be very proud. I got this puppy and so I, I have to teach him how to walk. He's still not super good at it. He's like over a year old and I still have to walk him. So this is when this happened. I was walking this dog. And I didn't realize, because I was so zoned in on the dog, that there was a gentleman in front of me walking. So I'm walking my dog, whose name is Murph. You might know him. He's a bit of an internet sensation. You don't know him. That's cool. <laughs> You'll find out one day. You'll be like, uh, Murph. She told me about him. He is cool. Keep it in mind. So I was walking him, and I was like, come on, buddy. Oh, come on, buddy. Mm -hmm. Come on. It's like saying all this stuff, and the guy <laughs> turned around like this. <laughs> the 
the shame on his look. Ladies, I'm telling you, try it sometime. It makes them really uncomfortable. It's payback. You guys, I thought of one of my one-liners. I had to look it up. I cheated. I'm not lazy. I'm just slow-boned. Could have used that. That was a knee. You slapped your knee. I'm keeping that one. And you, you guys were like, eh, I don't know about it. Then this guy was like, yes, indeed. That's all I need. Just that one knee slap for 30 more years. I'm going to keep doing this. I have to ask you, how was your day? Because you gave me a whip woo earlier. All the time? That's just your life motto? Yeah, but I really like Oh, well. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's a knee slapper. You can't see my knee right now. I cannot see your knee, but it is being slapped. She's slapping her knee, you guys. Weep woo! It's coming out of me. Are you guys ready to keep this show rolling? Awesome. We have a friend of the show up next. You might have seen him, you know, like in movies and stuff like that. He actually has a movie out right now that's super awesome. You should check out. I believe it's on all sorts of videos on demands. Uh, you guys give it up for Bobcat Goldthwait. Hey, hi. Hi. What's the wee woo woman? What was it? Where was she? Oh, okay. Hi. Hi, ho. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? I, uh, my name is Bobcat Goldthwait. I was big in the 80s. Uh, a lot of you probably weren't even born when I was relevant. I, um,. Just came back from Grand Rapids, where uh, neither Grand nor Rapid, and um, the only thing I liked about this place was, you know those shitty bars, uh, they're like complexes where they'll have like all kinds of bars, but they're not really all kinds, they all just serve uh, bros, and um, just this big structure that was dedicated uh, to bro-hamity, and... Um, <laughs> And at the comedy club, I was on the fourth floor, and there was a railing, that, and there was another railing right across. And uh, just before I got there, the club had been shut down for 11 days because um, at three different times, three different dudes jumped across the railing, think they could make it, and they died. <laughs> yeah. So my opening line was, uh, hey, thanks, it's nice to be here. And uh, Dr. Grins, uh, please, when you leave tonight, uh, use the stairs. <laughs> Uh, you guys are seem upset. It was, yeah, I know, I know. We lost three really good pairs of Oakleys. Um, all right. Uh, that was my, what I've been doing this weekend. It's nice, I like being the UCB. I, uh, I, I, I'm fully aware of your, the age difference. I, I love playing for young people. I used to hate young people, and now I love you, and then I hate people my age because because uh, they just act like idiots. So they're like, oh, how do I poop? I don't know anything about the internet. <laughs> you know, and um, I hate them. I really do. Uh, I was on a flight, and all the flight was these, it was all these old people, and they recognized me, and it really hurt my feelings. <laughs> And I was like, man, I could pull so much steel wool right now if I wanted to. <laughs> All right, 
right. I'm going to uh, tell two stories and then get out of here. I'm a, I'm a fill-in tonight, and uh, I'm a little sleepy. So, uh, first story is about my daughter. I love her dearly. I don't mean to exploit our relationship by saying I love her dearly on a public forum. I, uh, I try not to. Uh, but uh, she's a costumer. She's, sometimes she designs, but she works in movies and commercials. And she was working on this uh, uh, a play reading that uh, uh, it was in a theater, and Russell Brand was in it. And I get this emergency text from her, and it says, Dad, there's an emergency. I have diarrhea. <laughs> and I couldn't make it to the bathroom I was supposed to use, so I went into Russell Brand's uh, dressing room, and I'm in his toilet, and he just came back in, and he doesn't know I'm in his toilet. <laughs> what do I do? And I said, make him feel awkward. When you're done, just go, hi, Russell Brand, I'm sorry, I had to change my tampon, you know, shark week. And, <laughs> and my daughter texts back, Dad, you're the greatest, I love you. Now... She thought I was trying to help her out of an awkward situation, but really I was like going, what could I have her say so Russell Brand won't try to fuck her? <laughs> this is the audience for that. Like, I'm sure he's tried to fuck two-thirds of this crap. Um, so I was in uh, Michigan. That's where I was, and uh, and I and I, again, I'm gonna suck up to you guys. I can tell you this story. You'll understand it. Um, I do so many stand-up gigs on the road. I do other things, but it, and and it's the people who come up to me. It's just for nostalgia. They 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 just expect me to do this character I did from the '80s, and and it's just about. Uh, I, okay, more bro bashing. Bros always come up and they're like, they ask me if I remember the movies I was in. They're like, remember. Remember, bro, remember you're in that movie? Uh, this happens to me about two or three times a week on the road. Remember with, uh, with Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, I remember that burglar. Yeah. Remember? Remember? Remember you're in that movie? Remember with John Cusack? Yeah, One Crazy Summer, I remember that. Remember? Yeah, I fucking remember all of them. I was there, all right? I, I, I haven't had head trauma. I'm not Gary Busey. I, um... That's not what I say. And then they like to tell me how tall they were. <laughs> they watch police camera. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come up here and bitch about my how hard it is being me. Oh, Pashaw. Uh, they're rebooting Police Academy. They're gonna do what they did to Twenty One Jump Street. They're gonna make it a comedy this time. Um, <laughs> snap it, do. All right. This is a true story, and uh, and um, you guys will get this because you will know what I'm talking about. I performed at the Gathering of the Juggalos. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. By the way, I got, I, this was a year ago, but on this flight back home, I, I was on a flight and uh, Cypress Hill was sitting next to me. And I go, where are you guys coming from? They go, oh, we just did the Gathering of the Juggalos. They go, oh, it was horrible. Like, Cypress Hill had a shitty time at the Gathering of the Juggalos? You're right? And they go, you know, they, they light, they set off mortars. And I go, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I did it too. I performed there. Yeah, they shoot off like dynamite and mortars. There's a lot of bath salts. Um, there's no security. There's no lights. How else can I describe it? Everybody there is, 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 is juggalo. So they're morbidly obese and they have scary clown makeup on. It's, a, it's an incest survivor's convention is what it is. It's like, nobody's going to molest me anymore. I'm a scary clown. Arr! Gathering of the Juggalos is a great movie, uh, uh, American Juggalo. Or just you can just 
watch uh, uh, Google Teal Tequila, Gathering of the Juggalos. Yeah. When she was doing the Gathering of the Juggalos, uh, they liked to spray Fago Cola on each other and throw it at the Axis as cheap soda, and they ran out of Fago to throw at Tila, so they knocked over two outhouses and just started throwing shit. They, they hit Teal Tequila with poo. That was... Let me break that down. <laughs> if you were walking down the street with me and you picked up some dog shit and hit me with it, I would be mad, but that wouldn't be a deal breaker. Like, later on, we'd still be friends, you know what I mean? It'd be like, dude, why the fuck did you hit me with dog shit? I thought it was funny. Well, fucking was stupid, man. But we'd laugh. But if you picked up some hobo duke and hit me with it, that'd be a deal breaker. I'd be like, what the fuck is your problem, man? I got hep C in my eye now. <laughs> It was an inverted Gigi Allen concert. It's, uh... You know, the audience... All right, so you have to know Gigi Allen for that one. But, um... So, uh, my opening act uh, at the gathering was a guy named Upchuck the Clown. And... And Upchuck was the dude in a clown suit. And he's trying to tell me, he goes, this, uh, you got nothing to be worried about. You know, this is just like... Uh, oh, this really pissed me off. We were in a golf cart driving around. Yeah, I know. Everyone at the gallery is like, who are the millionaires? And uh, we're driving around, and, and, and he goes, and I'm going on at 1 a.m. He goes, don't worry about this. It's just, you know, it's family, man. It's just, it's, just this, it's like going up at a Dave Matthews concert. And that actually really frosted my cake, because I was like, is he looking at me going, I'm going to talk his talk? He probably loves Dave Matthews. I was like, fuck you, man. 52 years old. I fucking humped gears for the Ramones. Don't fucking tell me about Dave Matthews. Um, <laughs> fucking open for Nirvana, you cock. I don't fucking need to hear your condescending. G It'll be like Dave Matthews. Or are you a parrot hat? Do you like... All right, so, um, <laughs> so, so Upchuck is driving me around the grounds trying to tell me that I don't need to be too nervous. And then uh, this juggalo breaks free from the crowd and catches up to the golf cart and just starts punching the fuck out of Upchuck, like, fuck you, Upchuck, fuck you, and he's hitting him in the face. And <laughs> Upchuck hits the gas, and the car zooms ahead, and then we lose the guy, and he goes, uh, I'm here every year, they know me. <laughs> Swear to God. And then a can of Fago hits the golf cart, someone lobs it, and explodes, and we get, we get soaked with Fago all over us, and he tasted it, and he's like, mm. It's diet. It won't stain. He's a connoisseur getting hit with Fago. He knew. Then, just, just as, as he was tasting his sweaty clown suit with Fago, another one comes whizzing in. Another can of Fago comes in full speed like a, a baseball pitch and comes creening right in and cracks him in the head. And I hear this loud pop. And he just drops onto the steering wheel, unconscious for about a second and a half. And then he wakes up and he goes, I'm hurt, I'm hurt really bad. <laughs> Steer! And he hit the gas. And now we're, and I'm steering with a semi-unconscious clown on the steering wheel. And we're weaving in and out of <laughs> the juggalos like it's Mr. Toad's wild ride. Ah. <sighs> He had a concussion, and his head swelled up. And it, you know what he put on the swelling? Ice-cold Fago. <laughs> I know this show gets uh, sent out on the interwebs. I'm trying. 
He may or may not have done something that looked like coke immediately afterwards, too. <laughs> Allegedly. I guess that would be a home remedy. You know, feed a fever. This <laughs> <laughs> weird. A guy in a clown suit. It was like, a, I made a movie about alcoholic clowns, Shakes the Clowns, and uh, Shakes the Clown, not plural. And um, one more story. I'll close with this one, maybe. Um, when... Um, I got asked to be on the Today Show, and clowns were protesting this movie I had made because they didn't think it was an accurate portrayal of clown life. I don't know what to say. This is true. And I I take a red eye in New York, and I feel like fuck pie. I'm exhausted, and I'm walking down the hallway at the Today Show, and the producer stops me, and she goes, a clown is going to debate you on the program. And I go, yeah, I know. I've seen your show. And she goes, no, a real clown. So, so now I'm sitting in the dressing room with this dude in a clown suit at 7 a.m. And he won't talk to me. He's giving me attitude. I go, hi, I'm Bobcat, Bob Goldthwait. We're going on this show today. What's your name? And he's like, mm. I was like what's your name? And he's I'm Bamboozle Harumph. <laughs> he didn't say Harumph, but when I remember the story, he did. And then I go, no, what's your real name? He goes, I'm in my clown attire, so I only like being called by my clown name when I'm in my clown attire. I go, okay, Bamboozle. I'm in my sarcastic dildo attire right now. I need to call, you need to refer to me by my dildotic name, Shitstain S. Whippy. S. Whippy, S. Wipe. It really doesn't matter what we call each other. I did say this to the guy, I go, when we get out there, I'm going to rip you into asshole. You should know that. And he's like, why? I go, because it's TV, man. It's not real. It's like wrestling. Sorry. So we get out there. And then the clown's got a wacky persona. He's like, clowns do a lot of good for a lot of good causes. And Bobcat's film portrays them in a negative light. And I go, nobody thinks you're funny. The only reason you perform in hospitals is because that's one place a kid can't get up and run away from you. And Katie Gray goes, would you be serious? I go, no, you're interviewing me in a clown. <laughs> what, did you lose a bet? All right, thanks a lot. You guys, Bob, yeah, don't play. His uh, movie that I neglected to mention in his intro is called Willow Creek, and it's super awesome. You guys should check it out. Yes? Awesome. That being said about Juggalos, all that stuff, all that weird stuff that they do, did you guys know that Juggalos on Tinder, 30% of Juggalos have in their profile that they are open to a homosexual experience? They know something we don't. (laughs) If those guys can put on clown makeup and throw shit at reality stars and then go on Tinder and say, yeah, I'm open to it. I want to know what the fuck is going on with them. I've never met a dude in a clown makeup attire that's been like, yeah, I'd be into a dude. Because most dudes are terrified of even acknowledging it in a joke sort of way. Like, how, mu- how much? How, for a million dollars, would you blow a dude? No, not at all. <laughs> Rhetorically speaking, you would, no, no, not at all. I wouldn't, no, get out of here. No, no, no. If you guys could just be like Juggalos and just admit that you absolutely would do it. Because I am a serious lesbian. Look at me. And I've given blowjobs. Because this is the world that we live in. So if you guys would like to join us in our world of openness and confusion, then maybe you'd let women earn as much money as you. 
or play sports. <laughs> Only women are into that, but that's okay. <laughs> Only women are into this. Just kidding. Anyway. You guys ready to keep the show going? I sure am. Uh, this next guy, so funny. He runs a show called Comedy Garage at Rafa's uh, on Sunset, which is so great. Every Thursday at 9 p.m. He's also a new dad. Super funny. You guys give it up for Cornell Reed. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, man, um, I went to a uh, donut shop today. Uh, way before this. Not right now. I'm not a lunatic. Um, went to a donut shop. Really. Let me guys. Let me ask you guys a question. Uh, if cops love donuts so much, how come every donut shop in L.A. is the scariest place I've ever seen in my entire life? No one's buying donuts at these places, right? Just like where people go to not off from heroin or something. Old dudes playing chess at three in the morning. Like, what the fuck is going on in here? I went in there trying to get a maple filled. Came out with a hooker's shoe. Like, what happened in this donut shop? Um, tell you guys a little bit about myself. Uh, I love Alfredo sauce. Um, big fan. Gotta be honest, though, kind of pissed. Alfredo only came out with one sauce. What's the deal, Alfredo? You killed it the first time, man. Hook us up. You know you got more in you, Alfredo. Come on, man. Just one? You're going to make one sauce and just drop the spatula like that? No. Get back in the lab, Alfredo. You know he's got more. You know he's got Alfredo. Two, three, four. He's just keeping it to himself. He's a greedy bastard. Alfredo 6 is so good, you come in your pants as you eat it. That's how good Alfredo 6 is. It's mostly molly, but it's still like a really good pasta sauce. It's like 80% molly, but uh, put that on some fettuccine. Mm it's a taste of Italy, baby. Mostly Ibiza. Um, it's more about me. Uh, I love the movie Predator. Big fan? Yeah. Because um, Predator is the only movie that answers the age-old question of uh, what if an uh, alien had dreads? Um, <laughs> and I gotta be honest, man. Aliens with dreads, way more aggro than I thought they were gonna be. Uh, they are pissed off, man. I don't know if dreads mean something different in space or something, but... I expected him to come down and play hacky sack and shit. No. Not at all, man. No patchouli oil? What is his deal? Uh, I also, uh, I hate like the five foot cakes that strippers pop out of. Hate those. Because it's not really a surprise anymore, right? If someone brings in a five foot cake, you know a stripper's in there. If your cake needs a furniture dolly, it's not a cake. There's a stripper hiding in a cake-shaped box 
waiting to pop out. It's not exciting anymore. I want to bring the excitement and surprise back. That's why I'm going to start bringing in actual five-foot cakes to my friend's bachelor parties. <laughs> Just wheel it in, and my friend would be like, oh, all right, I know what this is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, it's chocolate. Uh, <laughs> Like, ooh, chocolate? All right, jungle fever? <laughs> Not really comfortable with that, but uh, <laughs> let's get her out. Let's get this stripper out. I'm like, stripper? What are you talking about, man? It's not a, it's a cake. <laughs> you brought a five-foot cake to a bachelor party? There's ten dudes here. You think we're each going to eat a half-foot of cake right now? <laughs> I'm a diabetic, Cornell. You're going to bring a five-foot cake to my a diabetic's bachelor party? It's not enough insulin in the world. What if, right? He was diabetic in this scenario. What if I had a diabetic friend? Never. Gross. Uh, they wear weird socks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, man, uh, I went to the L.A. Zoo the other day. You ever been to that? Whew, what a trash dump, right? Oh, my God. The fuck happened over there, man? It's like they just threw a bunch of koalas on a basketball court. We're like, cool, we're good. All right. It, hey, it's a zoo now. Hey, no, you can't play pickup games here anymore. This is a zoo. Can't you see the koalas? <laughs> Scary, man. The scariest exhibit at that zoo by far is the uh, bee exhibit they have around all those trash cans. How many bees you fit into a trash can? It's crazy. Are people throwing away bees there? What the fuck is going on? It's terrifying. Uh, I don't like the zoo, man. I'm more of an aquarium guy, to be honest. Much more into aquariums because I love tapping on that glass, baby. Gotta be tapping on that glass. If you're not, the animals are like, you know, they need the feedback. If you're not tapping on that glass, there's like a shark being like, am I doing a good job? Like, uh, am I fucking this up somehow? Maybe you gotta tap it. Be like, hey, yo, shark! Hey, shark! Dunk, 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 shark! Hey! And the shark's like, ooh, I hear those taps. Another satisfied customer, baby. I am killing it today. You gotta be tapping on that glass. Uh, who here has their uh, medicinal weed card? Anybody? It's all right. I'm not a cop. I'm not with the feds. Even if I was a cop, I'd be like, chill. You know, it's fine. I got my weed card. Um, I don't, why would I need two weed cards? What would I do with that? Thank you for your offer. That's very sweet, but keep it for yourself and uh, smoke some more weed. You need to chill out. Um, I have friends who are scared to get it. They don't want the government to start, you know, put their name on some list. So they're thinking, which they're not keeping that list, man. There's no, if they are, I want to get my hands on it throw a sick-ass party. You know what I'm saying? Everyone on this list is down as shit. B-Y-O-M, baby. Bring your own medicine. Uh, all right, that's it for me, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Yeah, it's Cornell Reed. <laughs>
I should do it. That bees bit, right? The bees. Good stuff. Cornell Reed, you guys. You just had a baby. He didn't have the baby. His girlfriend had the baby. He holds the baby quite often. You can tell from his Instagram. He's a good dad. Awesome. You guys ready to keep the show going? Awesome. <laughs> Somebody said a very decisive yes. <laughs> Which I, that, weep, weep. That's, that's good. That's, weep, woo. That's what it is. Sorry, I already forgot. Weep, woo. There it is. Oh, sorry, I had to reset for a second. I had to reset my weep, woo. I do. One more time. Oh, you changed it. Now you changed it. Is it woo, woo, or is it weep, woo? I can't, I can't keep all these. She needs to refresh. There it is. Wee woo! All right, thanks, you guys. Thank you for your uh, patience while we reset our jubilation. I appreciate it very much. Uh, this next comic, you may have seen him on Marin. He's a super funny dude. You guys give it up for Dave Anthony. That was... Uh... I performed here like 50 times. And uh, I came through the wrong door. So that's just being on top of it. I was back there trying to get my, uh, my recorder to work on my phone, but the app just kept closing. And then I was like, oh, this is being recorded. That's my starter. Uh, my father. I have, uh, I don't know why that caused so much laughing. Uh, I'm a fan of Batman. We're a fan of Batman in our house. It's a Batman house. There's a lot of questions about Batman all the time. Where's, how does Batman fight crime? There's a lot of Batman talk. So I built up Batman. Batman's kind of a badass. He's not, he's not the 60s Batman. He's like, you know, he's Nolan. He's real Batman. He's dangerous Batman. So we go to a birthday party at Brian Posehn's house, and uh, Batman comes. He's the party. He's the party treat. And uh, Batman comes in, and he's, uh, he looks like he's, he used to be a little bit, he used to weigh a little bit more. He's lost a little bit of weight. Uh, Batman's about 50. <laughs> uh, and so Batman goes, oh, come on, kids, everyone gather around. We'll get around here. And he gets all the kids on the lawn, and uh, he starts making balloon animals. And I went over to Brian, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and he goes, well, he, was, he showed up as Spider-Man, and I was like, you're supposed to be Batman. I'm like, so he just does the same thing for every... He's like a clown? Batman? And he goes, he, yeah, he's not, he's not like a Batman, Batman. I was like, all right. <sighs> so I'm disappointed. And then you realize how quickly your kid is becoming you, and that's not a good thing, because... All the kids are on the lawn, and all of a sudden my son just gets up, walks away. <laughs> and he walks behind a chain link fence where the pool is, and he closes the gate. Like, mm -mm. And then he turns around, arms folded. He's a five year old. Just staring at Batman. <laughs> and I walk up and I go, uh,. I go, what's going on, buddy? And he goes, 
What is this? And I was like, well, it's... It's Batman. And he's like, what? And I go, it's, it's Batman. And he goes, Batman's silly? And I go, well, this Batman... Right now, yeah, he's doing like a birthday party thing. And then right then, Batman blows up a balloon, big balloon, goes to tie this one, misses, balloon goes squirting off, and my son goes, and just walks away, and I'm like, well, I I broke that kid, I gotta make a new one, because that one... That one is a five-year-old curmudgeon, so that's, uh, that's what I did with him. So then uh, he doesn't go near Batman again and uh, swims in the pool. And then we're driving home. It's very quiet. It's never quiet with a five-year-old. Never. It's very quiet. And I don't want to engage him in conversation because I know what kind of shit he's going through in his head. He goes, how old is Batman? <laughs> I go, he's, he's, you know, he's older. He's older. He goes, well, that, that was an old Batman. I go, yeah. He goes, I, I don't, he goes, I don't get it. And I go, look, sometimes Batman on weekends gives his costume to his cousin <laughs> who works in Los Angeles and uh, he, he's, uh, he's Batman for the weekend. He goes, so he gives his costume to his cousin? I'm like, yeah. He goes, what happens on weekend and the weekends in New York? I go, shit's just fucked up, man. <laughs> the whole place is like on fire and there's just, it's, it's hell. And I know I was like, no, there's Spider-Man and other people that take care of it. I got shit covered. I'm not stupid. And he goes, uh... So Batman's, Batman's cousin, he's silly. And I go, yeah, that's his deal. He's silly Batman. And then he just looks out the window, which isn't... Five-year-olds just staring out a window is not a good ever. They're like half a wheel is turning. Like something's... For about ten minutes, nothing. And then just staring out the window, he goes, I... Hate silly Batman. <laughs> fair. Totally fair, dude. Totally fair. When he was a baby, I have a I have, I have a bad I'm like a not I'm like a temper, I got like a, a hothead. I get a little once I start going, I can't stop. I'm one of those guys. Like, I yell at people, and then I keep yelling, and everyone's like, oh, this stopped a while ago. I'm like, oh, fuck, it did. I'm great. Oh, thank God the internet was invented. Woo, good job. Fuck. So, uh, so I'm at my house, and he's a baby, right? He's a little tiny guy, and I got him on the couch. And uh, what, he's like seven months old, eight months old. No, he's like a year. He's like a year old at that point. And, uh, and my bike is on the other side of the wall behind the couch and then there's a giant metal bench 
so you can't steal my bike unless you really pull on this bench. And I hear this. I'm like, well, that's clearly. You're a terrible thief. So I walk out there, and uh, there's a... There's a guy who's been doing drugs for a while because he's he's he used to weigh more, but he hasn't changed his clothes. You know, he's like, I still got the size XXL, and I'm a small now. And he's holding on to the bench. And I walk out, and I look at him, and he looks at me, and I go, uh, "What are you doing?" And he goes, uh, "I'm having a smoke." And I was like, "There's n- nothing." about this that's like smoking there's no smoking happening here at all and so he steps back and pulls out a cigarette and lights it as if I'm gonna go oh cool oh sorry about the misunderstanding I thought you were seeing my bike but now that I see that you're smoking I can see that and so I go no man that's not no you can't just stand in my fucking lobby smoking a cigarette you gotta fucking go you're not smoking and he goes oh okay okay all right, free country. I'm like, not really. Doesn't apply. Doesn't really apply. And then he goes out and he stands on the steps. And he starts to sit down. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, I'm having a smoke. I'm like, no, you were stealing my bike. And this is where a normal person would be like, all right, I handled this shit. I'm going to close the gate and I'm going to go inside. But what I did (laughs) was I went back into my apartment, picked up the baby... And came out, and I was like, listen, motherfucker, you got to go. And now you've seen crazy crackheads, right? The look in their eyes. But you've never seen a crazy look in a crackhead's eyes until you've seen someone bring a baby to a crack fight. Because he was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, that's right, motherfucker. I took it up a notch, bitch. And he was like, what is happening? And I was like, I'm bringing a baby. I, you should, I should just fucking strap the baby around my chest. Like, come on, bitch. You can't punch a man with a baby. That's right. You can't punch a man with a baby, bitch. So now I can't stop. So now I got the baby in my arms, and he's like walking away. He's like, all right, I get it. You're fucking nuts. And he's walking down the street, and now in my head, I'm like, well, I don't want this guy to come back. As if he's going to come back to the guy who carries a baby around trying to fight him. And so I start yelling at him, screaming on the street, that's right, mother... Like the tough guy, like when someone's walking away, and they're... Like, he could have clearly just killed me. <laughs> so I was, like the, I was like the kid who yells at the bigger... Yeah, that's right, motherfucker, keep walking! You know, and I'm, I'm screaming, yeah, you get the fuck out of my neighborhood, bitch! And then I realize I'm in the middle of the street, screaming at him. Because my neighbor Alex comes out, and he looks at me, and he goes, uh, how are you doing? And that's when I realized I was in my underwear, holding a baby, screaming at a crackhead. And I said, what? And Alex said, no, how are you doing? And I said, I'm fine, motherfucker! And I went back in my house, and I'm a great dad. <laughs> you guys, thanks a lot. You guys, Dave Anthony. Let him hear it. Awesome. You guys are going to love this next comic. He's super funny. And again, you're going to love him. You guys, give it up for Johnny Pemberton. Yeah. 
up for uh, Rio was going on over there when uh, I came out where we didn't even so when I went back to the head and I just couldn't even figure out what we were uh, and you know sit, just sit down so uh, you know kind of going off that for right now but um, yeah it's good it's good you know I uh, just went back up and uh, where came from that was a bunch of state and I had and another thing we just like I should have just been in a car when I got there in the first place like uh oh, well fuck now because uh, I don't know here trying to figure it out no I'm fucking serious like thing there and uh, you know just trying to I'm, I'm I'm doing the back you know, but no. and um, I'm just like uh do you think I'm going to go to uh, I just kind of want to get that one before they have to, before the thing closes, you know. So we're there, and this guy just like like I'm like, oh, would you maybe want a big blue? I had it, but then you stand and I didn't get it. I'm just like, fuck no, suck not it. But uh, because he's got like it's like the whole back, it's all water bottles. No, you know, it just it's just like. <laughs> Like, maybe you want to have something besides water bottles in the back seat of your car where you're driving. That's all you would do for a living there. So, uh, yeah, it was that. And then, you know, make matters worse, and we're just, we're still just putting them Like, maybe we're going to go back for that. Stuff. And it's just also like, this change you could put it on real No, thank you, please. Actually, no. Actually, no, thank you, officer. So. <sighs> yeah, and um, it was a vegan restaurant. That's that was the you know. So I ate that. Don't feel so great right now. I ate one of these. It's like a vegan. It's called a primal strip. It's like a vegan beef jerky. Not good. Really not good. It's, yeah. So that happened. Um, I don't know how else to explain it other than how I did. <sighs> Some kind of reeling from that still. It's been a, been a tough weekend. Um, I'm white. I'm a white person. Um, you probably recognize that right away. This is just some r- real standard, boring, double white on mega white, white, super white, you know, just real, not like a quarter Italian or a, an eighth Irish. I have no ethnicity that has a day of drinking celebration whatsoever. I have nothing. I have nothing at all. Just real... 12 different types of white to make something even whiter than those whites were when those whites got together. It's just the whitest white you can get. I'm just real, real standard kind of white guy who gets tons of credit card applications in the mail, you know, that kind of white. Just real standard, went to a state college and have a manageable amount of debt white guy, you know, that's me. Just real standard serial killer white guy. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like uh, like I'm a I'm a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy, right? That'd be kind of like too perfect. <laughs> it would be like almost too easy to do this job, and also kill someone once a month, and totally get away with it, and even talk about it publicly. Like I'm like the irony of that. You just nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Nah, no way! Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I can, and, you know, I was out scoping everyone's cars while, while the show's going on. I know. Yeah, it's so easy. It's not even fun anymore. Um, yeah, because if you take a prostitute's teeth out, it's just, you got, 
You, they can't get you. They just can't get you. Um, if you're laughing, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but I have terrible bowels, though. Uh, that's true. That's just, that's, that's just a bad segue. I have terrible bowels. Absolutely terrible. Not like I don't have like IBS. People are like, oh, I, I have, when I eat eggs, I, have, I go to the bathroom a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have IBS. I have like actual terrible, terrible bowel disease that, like, I've, I've shit in parking lots more than twice. <laughs> and not because I was having fun. So that's the kind of kind of terrible World War One trench warfare situation that's happening. Rotten Creek. That's the German word for it. They call it Rotten Creek, aka Rat War. It's sort of like a William Tecumseh Sherman kind of Sherman's March to the Sea sort of thing. Railroad ties bent around my small bowel kind of thing. You know, just like like revenge bowels. That's kind of what I have. Yeah, it's like they're revenging in themselves or something. But. Uh, I also really like music a lot. I really, really like music. That is not funny. It really isn't. I was just setting up the other part of the joke, but I'm glad you think that's funny. Uh, yeah, fucking love music. But there's a problem. If you have terrible bowels and you like to see live music, you just can't have good taste. Because there's something about punk venues and places that have noise music and any kind of cool band. The better the band, the shittier the bathroom. It's like, if you see like a, a really fucking edgy, hardcore punk band, you, gotta, you, gotta, you, better, you better be ready to shit in a hole in the ground. It's ridiculous. I don't know why, where, why that happens, what, why there's this intersection. If you, you know a band is, is bad if there's like a nice bathroom at the venue you're seeing them. That's how you can tell. It's like, I feel like Henry Rollins must have gone through in some rage period in the late 90s, just ripping off stall doors. Being like, ah, watch me shit! I want you to watch me fucking shit! Oh, fuck, no! I don't give a fuck! Watch me shit! Punk! Punk as fuck! Watch me shit! I don't want to. I don't want to have people watch me shit. I want to be able to shit quietly and comfortably. And then go back and see a, a crazy noise band that I need earplugs for for floor and I have yeah. But, so I listen to a lot of recorded music. That's the moral of the story there, basically. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, I was stung by a bee. Is that what you heard of those? Those bees? Yeah. They're still doing it. They're still out. People keep, you know, I think that was like a big marketing ploy to say they're all dying. It's like a, like a going at a business sale where the going at a business sale is so successful. It's like, well, I guess we don't have to go to business after all. You know what I mean? That's what the bees did. It's like the same thing. But uh, what I'm saying is they're doing well enough to sting me in the fucking neck as I'm turning a compost pile, which is like, if you think about it, if you really take a long circuitous route around, that in a way is biting the hand that feeds you. Except not biting the hand, it's biting the neck attached. Stinging, which is like a bite on the part, a part of the body that's just as important as the hand, that is creating a substance that will help the thing that will feed you be. So, yeah, what the fuck about that? And I got stung, and uh, it was weird. This is, something happened. There was a lot, a lot of stingings going on at the time, and the, a lot of stingings in the news when this happened. Seriously, a lot of stings were in the news. Some woman up in Palmdale, like some 70-year-old woman, got stung in the face like a thousand times. And she didn't die. I don't know why she didn't die. You know, if I was in my 70s and got stung in the head a thousand times, I'd be like, 
this is how I'm going to go out, you know? But she, she decided to hang around. Fucking bitch decided to hang around. And, um, yeah, so this happened at the same time. I hear, so they're talking about it on the news, on NPR, you know? Listen to NPR because it's all I have. And uh, on NPR, they're talking about, they have a bee expert on there who's talking about killer bees that are now in the Southland here in Southern California. And he's saying that because some asshole in fucking Palmdale, that uh, now you have a 50% chance of getting stung by a killer bee, like, like a swarm of killer bees because of this bullshit. And so what he's saying is if you encounter a swarm of killer bees like this idiot, this fucking bitch who didn't die, if you encounter a swarm of killer bees, there's three things you've got to know. One is you should run. Yep, okay, we're going to do that. That's good. Two, don't go to, into an enclosed space. Okay, that, that makes sense. Because this idiot went into like the last remaining American phone booth and got fucking just, you know, stung all, all the hell. The third thing he says is don't jump into a swimming pool. Which is like, wh- I was driving and I was like, what? I said it out loud. I was like, what? And what he said is that if you're being pursued by a swarm of killer bees and you jump into a swimming pool, the bees will wait for you to reemerge from the water and you will inhale them. <laughs> so you know what that means? Terror is real. The moment you think you're the most safe and you just fuck, oh, thank God, a swim pool. Oh, thank God. And you're dead. And you're dead. So... Um, we're all going to die and it's going to be really anticlimactic so enjoy yourself okay thanks for having me here good night night. Johnny Pepperton you guys I feel like for the bees to lie in wait like that for the person to come back out of the pool with their lifespan being as short as it is it's probably like a long con for them but they're just like, all right, now we wait. <laughs> For them, it's like their entire life, like putting on suits, putting new wigs on and stuff. You know, like a grift. It's a bee grift. Do you catch my grift? Watch the grifters. It's on Netflix and stuff. Then you'll understand this joke. A month later, you'll be like, oh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> But you might imagine a bee, John Cusack. He's always in the rain. It's like a little bee holding up a boombox. You guys, this is really funny. For like LP- LPGA moms are probably like, this is good. We like these jokes. Are you guys ready to finish up this show strong? We have one final comic. He just moved down here from San Francisco. He's, he runs a show every Monday at uh, Little Joy called The Business. Uh, you guys give it up for Sean Keane. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, my name is Sean Keane. Not only has been a comedian, my first job as a grown-up was I was a swim coach. Now you guys are thinking definitely an athlete or a trainer of athletes. That's what we're looking at right now. I coached a team called the Forest Hills Beavers. Totally appropriate name for a children's swim team. And our slogan for this team was, I've got beaver fever. Yes. That was our cheer before every meet. 
that was printed on a laminated banner outside the pool club, and more importantly, that was printed on the T-shirt that I had to wear every single day of the summer. And if any of you have worked with children, you know it is an amazing, special, rewarding experience. And the moment you're done working with children, you want to start drinking immediately. Absolutely. That was the case for me. Sometimes practice would end. I would decide I'd want to hit up a bar, and I'd forget I was wearing my I've Got Beaver Fever t-shirt. Not a good way to make friends. Um, Especially because this was not a mass-produced I've Got Beaver Fever t-shirt. That does not exist. No. This was a shirt that one of the team moms had made at her house. So, to the casual observer, it looked like a shirt that I had made at my house. Because I was so overcome with beaver fever that I had bought t-shirts and silkscreening equipment just to get the message out. And I also never covered for it well. If somebody pointed it out, I would get super embarrassed, and that made it worse. I'd say, hey, nice shirt. I go, oh, sorry. Uh, you don't understand. See, uh, I work with children. That's what this man. That's what I beaver fever's for. It's for the kids of this swim team. I recently moved to Los Angeles. I've been driving around a lot. I listen to NPR because live in California, that's the law. <laughs> Came from San Francisco, it's the double law. If you buy a Prius in San Francisco, that's literally the only radio station that will come in. <laughs> and if you complain, they say, well, you should be listening to podcasts anyway, right? <laughs> like, oh, right there. Last year I was driving around, it happened to be the Thursday of the NFL draft, and NPR decided, yeah, we should cover this event. We were completely covered... <laughs> We are completely ready to qualify for this event at National Public Radio. And it's sort of like a regular NPR story, you know, like, results are mixed from the Middle East, whether the provisional government of Syria has used chemical weapons against dissidents. And now we go to Roger Anderson, Huntley Smythe Wallace Anderson, with NPR Sports coverage of the Nuffle Draft. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. I am standing here outside of Radio City Music Hall, where all of the NFL draftees have assembled for the annual draft, except those draft dodgers who have fled to Canada and the Canadian Football League. Let's get started. With the first selection, Midwestern Tribal Organization, the Kansas City Chiefs, selected an offensive tackle. Fun fact about American football, the offensive tackle seeks to prevent the tackling of his teammates. And the irony is delicious. <laughs> With the second pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars also selected an offensive tackle from Texas Agriculture and Mechanics University. Same ironic caveat applies. And with the third selection, a dramatic trade agreement was ratified between West Coast piracy outfit, the Oakland Raiders, and the highly endangered Miami Dolphins. NPR Sport, as always, is made possible by a grant from Gatorade, the benefit concert for the Everglades, headlined by Mumford & Sons. And now we return you to Ira Glass, who has a 45-minute story about an undrafted place kicker. So that's, that's what it was. I'm going to do that second part, too, because we're here in Hollywood. I think you guys might appreciate it. Hold on, let me just get back here. Place kickers. 
they kick off. They kick field goals. They kick the game of football into a new, exciting dimension. Imagine that you are a young soccer player growing up in war-torn Serbia. Your one leg up out of your situation is your literal leg attached to your literal body. Suddenly you find yourself in a brand new land playing a brand new sport. You're on a new team and it is special to you and it is called Special Teams. Please join us for this American Life's four-part series, Out of Place Kickers. Part one, Standing Uprights. All right, there we go. There we go. All right, used to be... Look at that. Stool. The podcast people missed how that stool dangerously tottered. All right. I am a big sports fan. I watched my best sports watching experience recently. I watched the NFC Championship game. I watched the San Francisco 49ers lose to the Seattle Seahawks last year. Watching a bar in San Francisco full of 49er fans and then one English guy pulling for the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm pretty sure not a genuine American football fan. Because he kept saying things like, Fall downs, isn't that clever? And why are they all so fat? That's not, that's not a football fan. He was so English, he was like gratuitously English. I think his name was Liam Nigel, you know? He's wearing a Union Jack t-shirt over a soccer jersey. Just teeth rotting out of his mouth from neglect. You know what I'm saying? Just exploiting a third world country while eating a Toblerone. That's how English this guy was. And people at the bar started to get mad at him for rooting against the 49ers, but because this was in San Francisco, the most passive-aggressive city in America, nobody tried to fight him, obviously. I saw a couple of people looking at their phones trying to figure out how to write a negative Yelp review about an individual. And they're like, well, he's not listed. One star. Why can't I put zero stars? So what they did instead was just made little crappy comments when they walked past him to buy a $12 micro bureau. And this is what I heard two people say at the same commercial break. Hey, if it wasn't for us in World War II, you'd be speaking German. Burn, right? Because that's the worst thing an American can imagine. Having to learn a foreign language. Oh my god, that's why we fought WW2 in the first place. To keep those language teachers in Europe from coming over here and stealing American jobs. Teaching PE. Alright, you guys have been awesome. I'm Sean Kidd. There you go. of This American Life I've ever heard. Oh, man, you guys have been great. If you guys didn't know, on your way out, we are a podcast. A couple comics mentioned it. So uh, if you had a great time tonight, on Thursday or Friday, you can just download it and have a great time again. So do that. And just weep wop your way through the rest of the week. Awesome. I've been Rhea Butcher. The comics are still here. They can hear you. So give it up for them one more time. Thanks so much for coming out. Have a great night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. Hey, 
this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun, with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh. Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.